Good evening, everyone. This is me, Pastor Sabrina Smith, coming to you again live. Um, I am a tad bit late with getting on. It looks like so are a lot of people, but um, that's okay. I want to come on to um, start by saying I am so grateful um, that God has given me another chance to, uh, to breathe, another opportunity to come to you, uh, hopefully with a word of encouragement that is going to bless your life. Um, I want to thank God for this day that has just been filled with, with so much uh, grace and filled with so much mercy. Um, the opportunity to uh, minister to people and to help them to um, to see their full potential. Today has just been an amazing day thus far. Um, I come um, this evening to talk to you um, about a few different things. Um, the first thing I want to talk about um, is uh, thanks, thanks to thank you to everyone who um, values what I say and, and who um, really believe in me as a woman of God to trust me um, to be able to, to speak a word of encouragement or wisdom into your life. Thank you so much for you know tuning in and the the responses and the prayers of the people of God. Um, I want to talk to you today on last week or the week before last, I came to you about, um, the strong's weakness. Um, and we, I talked, um, in detail about how we, uh, who are people of, of strength, how we oftentimes, um, fail to take a moment and take time to, um, make sure that we are restored and to make sure that we deal with our own personal issues that we have and deal with some things that, that we haven't dealt with, um, in years and even things that weigh on our shoulders, those burdens that we have that, um, you know, because we're, we're so accustomed to being strong for everybody else, we fail to, um, take the time. Um, to deal with our, our own issues, our own demons, and our own skeletons. And um, I talked um, about how it's important for us to remember um, that when we're looking at someone else who is always there for other people, how not to judge them because they're still dealing with things. That is, to, to remember that it's not about pride more so than time management and being able to take time for um, themselves. And so we spend so much of our time because we know what our calling is. We know what our ministry is. We know what our mission is. We understand our passion that we are so involved in the restoration of other people. Um, that we don't take time for ourselves. And on um, the last live viewing I had, um, I talked about um, how I had an issue um, with my mom. Um, and I uh, very much explained that it was something that had been deeply rooted in me for over 20 years. And it was something that I had never dealt with. I've never addressed uh, with my mother. And how I felt, and I'll just kind of go into detail about that um, with y'all, you all today, and I can't be very long with this because I do have um, 
uh, Bible study on tonight that I got to go to at church that is at seven. So I'll kind of be as brief, but as um, detailed enough to get the message across to help somebody. When I was 15 years old, I was molested. Um, it was a very difficult time for me um, because I was molested by someone who I loved and I respected um, in their position. Um, and when the molestation took place, um, it threw my life into a whirlwind um, at that time. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say, how to act. And for a long time, I didn't talk about it. I didn't tell anyone. And I remember um, going to bed every night crying because I was so broken and I was so hurt. And um, I, in, you know, I... It, um, I uh, drowned myself, for lack of better words, into sports and athletics. I played basketball, I played softball, I ran track. And those, I loved basketball, but softball and track was something for me to do around the year, around the clock. So I didn't have idle time to think about what I had done. I was smart in school, you know, I was a class clown, but at the same time, um, I knew the importance of academics as well as athletics, and and I, I just I, I I went into to a just all out busy mode where I was so busy that I didn't want to think about it, and when it came, when it was exposed um, to my my family, my, my mother, um, she never said anything about it, um, and let me clarify, this is not in no way to. Um, throw any shade, so to speak, or to downgrade my mother. This is a, a moment of a testimony. This is a moment of empowerment. Um, but when, when it happened uh, up until for a long to 20 years, never had a discussion with my mom about it, never had a conversation with her about it. She, she never, um, you know, asked me how I was doing, although I felt like the weight of the world was on my shoulders as a 15-year-old having an allegation against someone who was, you know, respected and, and just really not have um, anybody in my corner at that time. And, and I struggled because I, there was no counseling. There was no out. There was no, none of that. There was um, nobody that, you know, saw and, and, and came to be a rescue, at least not from the people who I expected. It did come from others. Um, but um, for years, I, I carried around bitterness. I'm talking about 20 years. I was a woman of God. I loved God. I was serving faithfully in ministry. I was a leader. Um, I was the pastor's wives, and then I was the bishop's wife, and then I was the apostle's wives. I was affecting everybody's life um, positively, and I was able to communicate. I was able to love everybody. My hugs were genuine. My my conversation was genuine. But I will always have um, reserved emotions when it came to my mother. Um, I would call or text and check in on her, but it was so bland. It was just I was doing it out of, okay, I'm calling and asking. I'm saying I love you. Even though I meant it, there was really no uh, connected emotion to that. And um, so for, for years, I've wanted to have that discussion with my mom about um, how I felt, but I didn't, you know, as much as I talked to everybody else and as much as I gave, you know, good counsel and good advice, um, there was the blockage for me. 
And, you know, we can all use um, timing, you know, um, as an excuse of why we don't do things. Oh, it's going to come in perfect timing. But again, it's like I talked about the last video. I never made time to have that conversation. And so um, when I made the last video and I was talking about how, let me go back to tell you how, how I really felt. Um, I, I was deeply hurt. Um, you know, although I was a daddy's girl, I love my mother. I still love my mother. Um, I love my mother then, but there was no relationship. There was no connection. Um, it was just a mother, mother, daughter, just by, um, kinship, but no relationship. And I'll talk a little bit about that in a second. Um, and so I went through life just, you know, longing for something and and I think what happened is I know what happened is is because of that lack of relationship I poured so much into um, daughters in ministry and so much into other people to compensate for that and yet I still was empty at the end of the night I still didn't have a great relationship with my mother on last week or the week before last I think it was whenever I did the Strong's week this um, it hit me like a ton of bricks that in order for me to go to my next place in God, in order for me, um, for God to have a continual uninterrupted flow in my life, that was a part of my life, a part of my past that I needed to correct. Um, and so it weighed heavy on me that Sabrina, you have got to do this as much as you talk to people as how transparent you are with your life. You haven't corrected that issue. You haven't gone back and resolved that. You have not made peace with that. Yes, you're a mature saint. Yes, you are a mature Christian. Yes, you are anointed. You have been chosen and called by God. But there's a 15-year-old girl who you have not allowed to grow with your spirit. So although you, I was matured as a 37-year-old as a woman, there was still so much about that 15-year-old girl who was hurting and broken, who longed for something that I had to make a choice about. Do I still want to allow that 15-year-old Sabrina to influence, negatively influence the spiritual walk of the 37-year-old prophetess and pastor? So I had to make a decision on... on on, um, I had made a decision in my mind that this past Sunday I was going to have the conversation with my mother. As a, a woman, I, I'm sure that I was probably going to procrastinate with making that conversation take place. As you know, every time you make up your decision that you want to try to do the right thing, you want to try to um, correct the problem or reconcile with a loved one or a family member there's always going to be something that comes up you're always going to say well something came up time this and time that but I remembered what I had said to you all I talked about how we have to better manage our time as restorers um, and so Sunday morning I got to church and I was immediately approached by one of my daughters in ministry who functioned as an intercessor for me. And she came into the office and she was, you know, there was some um, some reservation about what she wanted to say. But, you know, I always welcome feedback. You know, may not like it just like you may not like what I give to you, but I always welcome it because I need help. I understand that I'm not perfect. I'm not there by a long shot. So she came to me and she looked at me and she said, Prophetess, if you don't address this issue with your mother, you are hindering me. You're holding me up. I can't move forward in God. I can't get to the place where I really, really want to be in God until I see you walk out that issue, until I see you reconcile. 
It did something to my spirit. I'm talking about it. It snatched at my heart because I never want to be a hindrance or a stumbling block for anybody. I never, ever want to be that person who they can say five years down the road or 10 years down the road or even months down the road that the reason why I couldn't do is because... Pastor, I, you, you held this hostility, you held this bitterness and this hurt for so long. So it prompted me and it provoked me. And even throughout the service on Sunday morning, everything that my husband ministered was basically a, a, an almost exact conversation of the one that she held in my office, the beg and the plea for the uninterrupted flow. And she said, there's so much that God wants to do in your life, but until you rectify this, you will not understand it to its, to, to its fullest and you not, will not reach your fullest potential. You're going to have a, a, a blockage of the flow. And um, I made the choice. I said, I, you know, I was going to do this today, but I'm going to make sure it happens today. And Sunday after church, Sunday after church, um, my husband, we had some different rounds and different errands that we had um, to take. And, and so it was getting later in the evening. Now it's like six o'clock. And so we go to my, my parents' house and we're sitting outside, you know, on the porch. First when we pulled up, my, they didn't answer the door. So it was in my head, okay, I got an out. It's not on me, they're not here. And then so my husband said, honey, call. So I called and my mom answered the phone. She says, we're here. So I was out of the excuse. God was saying, you are here. And in order for you to be an example that I need you to be and for you to be the person I need you to be, you, you can't have any excuses not to fix this. There are no excuses for not moving forward. You want this. You know, not worrying about what other people want. You want this healing. You want this moment. You've prayed for this moment. Now you've matured spiritually. Now you can handle this mentally. Now you know how to drive this conversation out of humility and out of love and out of meekness. And you're going to speak um, from the 37-year-old's voice. Although in your heart you feel the 15-year-old's pain, you're going to speak with maturity, and you're going to do this. And she came to the door, and we sat outside, and we joked around, and we cut up. And then my husband and my dad left. And it, was, it felt like all of the nerves and the butterflies that ever existed in God's creation hit my throat. It's like it almost choked me. And it was like the, I knew it was the enemy trying to keep me from doing what I needed to do so I can become everything I needed to become. And when I tell you the conversation started like this, I had planned it in my head. I knew what I was going to say. I knew the emotions that I wanted to feel, but everything that I had rehearsed didn't come out. I first started the conversation. It wasn't about blame. It wasn't about guilt. It was about me. The first thing I did was I sat down and said, Mama, I want you I'm asking your forgiveness for how I've treated you the last 20 years. Although I have not been downright and outright disrespectful to you, I have not been the daughter that I should to you. I have not treated you um, the way I should have. And I, as a woman of God, I should, I should know that not to harbor these and, and to address them before they fester. And I asked my mother's forgiveness. I was surprised and shocked at how how I started the conversation for one, but when she came back and she, she, she said, I accept your apology. And she said, I want to tell you, I'm sorry. See, a lot of times 
we can go through life thinking we know how people are going to respond. We think we know how people are going to um, to come back with something. But it was so different. I mean, the this you know the the meekness, the humility on both people's part. We listened to each other. It wasn't arguing a match. It was not an arguing match because it was about restoration. I went to free myself. But what happened was we were both freed because I was able to finally sit down and hear my mom say there was not one time that I ever doubted what you said. There was not one moment that I questioned what you said. And to know that I've gone all of these years thinking that my mother didn't care made me feel so bad because I was judging her incorrectly. I was misdiagnosing her heart and her response. And what I had to take into account that I didn't is that there were some issues from her childhood that during that time she had not come to terms with, that she had not dealt with. So it affected her way of communicating with me the way that, that, that I felt that she as my mother should have. And what we have to remember is this, people are, people are moved and people respond um, by how their experiences have shaped their lives. And sometimes we hold high expectations for people and set standards for people that they can't meet, not because they don't want to, but because they don't know how to. You have to remember, just like I had to remember, my husband preached this message years ago. Some, a person cannot give you what they don't have. And so I was trying to, ex I was expecting something from my mother. She didn't know how to communicate things with me. She wasn't raised by her biological mother. So her relationship with her mother wasn't as strong as it should be. So there was nothing that she could give to me. When I tell you, I felt total liberation. My spirit was set free. I had the best sleep of my life on Sunday night than I've had in years. I mean, there was so much. I understood so much. And I'm so grateful that God places people in our lives to provoke us to become everything and to provoke us to release the hurt and the pain and the bitterness that prevents us from moving forward in life. Yes, you function. Yes, you're successful. Yes, people respect you and love you. But there's something about um, being able to lay down and not be free-spirited and not being free-hearted and being free to love and to embrace. And I'm telling you, what happened in my life in the last today's Wednesday since that has taken place God has released so much into my life and I do believe that had I not rectified and reconciled with my mother had I not um, taken the step to um, to really hear her heart and to let her hear the cry of her baby. I would not, the blessings that I've received over the last three days would not have come. 
I have to, and I made the decision. I said, I've got to do this this, this Sunday because I'm, I started consecration on Monday for uh, a women's conference that I have to do on next week. And it was like, I cannot take this um, when I go and minister. Not to this group of people. They need a pure heart. They need a heart that's free, a message that's free-flowing. And I was determined to do that. I am so excited. I am so filled with expectation about what God is going to do through this hollow vessel. I'm empty. I'm, I'm completely empty of hurt and pain. I'm so full of rejuvenation. And, and I'm, I'm, so, I'm so ready to... Um, be that life that I've always said that the empowerment by example, restoration ambassador, the truth, catalyst for change. I'm so ready to function and walk. I encourage somebody who's watching who may watch this later. I encourage you to push past. We hear it so often. I encourage you to push past whatever pain that has been existing in your life, regardless of how long it's been, I urge you, there has been an unction in your heart, in your spirit, in your soul to reconcile and to rectify an issue that has stemmed back, uh, back to your childhood. Don't let another day go by where you go to bed crying for something that happened for so long, happened so long ago. I encourage you to address it. I encourage you to face it head on, confront it, deal with this issue, deal with that giant, deal with that demon. That's a part of your past. Where you are now, you deserve to live the best. You deserve to be free. I encourage you, somebody, male or female, that issue that you haven't addressed, address it. It's going to work for your favor. It's going to clear up so much in your life. It's going to free up so much space in your heart and in your soul and in your mind. God wants to use your experiences. God wants to use your past. I thank God for everything that I've had to go through in my 37 years. Everything that he has allowed me to face, he's, he's kept me through it. He's kept me through it for a reason. I, I want him to, I talked with Toby Mack on this past week at a concert. And one of the things that he said that was so profound to me, he said, whenever you take the stage, Whenever you preach, whenever you minister, whenever you sing, make sure you let the glory of God steal the show. Go there and make the let the people be able to take their eyes off of you and see God. I want this testimony, this experience for you, for me sharing my heart with you, not to be seen, but to be heard, to let you know that what you've gone through was not to cripple you, was not to disable you, but it was to help catapult you into something spectacular. Let the glory of God reign, rest, rule, and abide in your life. Don't go a moment longer trying to figure out what someone else is thinking about you, how they feel about you. Go and deal with the issue. I'm telling you, I have so much 
I have so greater respect for my mother and for what she said to me and how she said it to me and the way that the conversation went. It soothed my heart. I'm telling you, I'm now going to function in my assignment in the earth. Whoever you are, get it right. Deal with it. If my mother, God forbid, but if God takes my mother tomorrow, I've addressed the issue. It's not going to be me living my life regretting not having that conversation or living off of what could have been, what should have been, or what would have been. We have fixed it. Me and my mother are going to have the best relationship. Does this mean that we're going to spend every day together? No, it doesn't. But it means that every moment that when we're in each other's presence, it's no, no longer going to be about obligation because of a kinship. We're going to have a relationship. I'm going to be able to share my successes and my failures and go to her for encouragement because she is a woman of God. She's never displayed anything other than that. And to be able to share with her and get wisdom and knowledge and be able to receive it and not be holding something against her. I'm free. People, be give yourself an opportunity to live free. Let, let it happen. Don't fight it. Just let it happen. I'm telling you, the 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 word is so, this, this word is so profound to me. It says, when you find your brother or sister overtaken in the fault, you that are spiritual, go and restore them in the spirit of meekness. When you have an alt, or you think your brother or sister have an alt with you, you lay your gift down at the altar. You lay your title, your anointing, you lay it down at the altar, and you go get it right. Because it's not, it's not about... You know, you saying, well, what they did to me, they're not going to walk into in the heaven. They're not going to experience the blessings of God. You're not going to get there either because you have unforgiveness in your heart. You have bitterness and anger. That's over. Those days are over. I encourage you, be free. It is, it is it's such, I'm, I'm, I'm so free in my spirit. Oh, man, I'm telling you. I'm t I don't know. I don't know how to act or what to say. But anyway, I have got to go. But people of God, just know that I love you. I encourage you. Please get it right. If you need some help, if you want to know what I personally did spiritually to prepare to have the moment, what I did emotionally and mentally to have the moment, please inbox me. If you have my number, text me or call me. If I'm available, if I can help you, I will. I want everybody to experience this. It is my prayer, God, that everything that I say or do, I want to bring you glory. I don't want to bring you shame. I don't want to stand between you and, and your people. I want to be that person that you can use to get a work done in this earth. God, when I leave here, I may not leave rich in money, but I want to leave rich in spirit. I want to know that I've pleased you and that I've helped someone to see you. God, I pray, God, that you would touch that heart that's watching and listening right now. Touch their spirit so, God, their mind. Encourage them. Keep them lifted up. The spirit of depression that has weighed on their shoulders and rested on their shoulders, I bind it right now. I've covered them in the blood of Jesus. I pray right now, God, that you will forgive us of all of our sins, those that we know and those that we don't know. Thank you, oh God, for letting us live long enough to get it right. Thank you, oh God, for my parents. Thank you, oh God, for those people who stood in the gap for me all those years. Thank you for those people who are praying and interceding, who provoked me to become and to be everything that you have called me to be. God, I speak life into every person who's listening. Oh God, I speak right now. Oh 
Oh God, that your peace will over your your peace will surpass their understanding. I pray, God, that in the every confused state of their life that you would use this video and this moment in time to let them know that this is also possible for them. God, I thank you for you being God. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for choosing me for the assignment. I'm grateful, God, and I promise you I won't let you down. I won't let the people down, but I'll continue to stand, God, in the place that you have put me in. I will continue to do your will, find glory in what I'm doing. I, I love you. I don't want my living to be in vain. I don't want what I'm doing to be in vain. God, please continue to let your spirit of humility rest on my life. I don't want to I don't want to become proud. I don't want to become boastful. If I boast, I want it to be in you, God. I want it to be uh, for your kingdom and for your name's sake. Thank you, God, for who you are. I love you all. Have a good evening. Walk in freedom. God bless you.